and everybody got it back again. Don't take no mess out the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrabble it. How they win that game today? There's just one thing you can say. How does somebody shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Rose Garden Report podcast. I am Sean Hyken, the host and proprietor of the Rose Garden Report podcast and newsletter. This is a solo podcast. I don't usually like to do a lot of solo podcasts, but I am just now getting kind of settled in at the place that I'm staying in Santa Barbara, which is where I will be for the next week, covering the Blazers training camp. So I just you know, figured, you know, media day was today. I wanted to just kind of come on here, recap media day a little bit, tell you guys a little bit of, about what I'm looking for as far as things to, you know, ask guys, things to talk about, things to look for at training camp this week. So I don't, I don't know how long this is going to go. It's been kind of a long travel day for me. So if this is a little bit shorter than the other podcasts that I usually do, you'll have to forgive me. Uh, but I, you know, I I wanted to give you guys something on this day to kind of set up uh, training camp. So let's just get started with media day. Uh, you know, I, I've covered a number of these over the years, not just here in Portland, but also in Chicago, where I used to cover the Bulls. And honestly, you're usually not going to get a whole lot out of it. You know, you, you just kind of go around the league. If you look on Twitter, if you follow, like, reporters who cover different teams, you're just kind of going to get kind of a different a version of the same thing where, you know, everybody's really excited. You know, we're really excited about the group that we have. You know, everybody comes in in great shape. Everybody's super optimistic. Obviously, there are exceptions because, you know, the situation that's going on in Boston right now with, the you know, all the Ime Yudoka stuff that I don't really want to get into. And then also... In Phoenix, it seems like everybody's kind of still processing everything that went on with Robert Sarver. So those two are sort of the exceptions to, you know, the the rule that every media day is good vibes. But overall, you know, just over the course of, you know, the league and just everything else, it's going to be good vibes pretty much across the board if you listen to what uh, everybody's saying. And so you have to just kind of take all this stuff with a grain of salt, but I still thought there were some interesting things to take away from uh, the Blazers media day, which started this morning. And it started kind of early in the morning because they're flying to Santa Barbara, or they flew to Santa Barbara rather right after uh, media day ended. And as far as the decision to go to Santa Barbara, that, uh, Joe Cronin said, and Chauncey reiterated this, this was Chauncey Billups' idea, because from back when he was a player, he would always... You know, he felt like these guys, uh, you know, his teams bonded more on the road than at home because, you know, if you're at home, you guys have a good practice and then everybody just goes home and does their own thing. And there's you know, they aren't like forced to hang out with each other and get to know each other. And since there are so many new guys on this team, uh, I think he felt like it was important to have everybody just get away and go to one place where... It's, you know, there are going to be fewer distractions, and so that's kind of what the thinking was for that. So the first person that talked this morning was Dwayne Hankins, who's the Blazers' president of business operations. And 
He didn't. I mean, obviously, there's been a little bit of controversy over the summer on that end of things with the whole thing about maybe a month or a month and a half ago where the there was the idea that the broadcasters were not going to travel. We've covered that extensively here. That decision has been reversed. Dwayne uh, briefly kind of uh, alluded to that and reassured people that, yes, the broadcasters are indeed going to travel. And he also, you know, revealed a couple of other things about the broadcast that I actually think are going to be pretty cool. Uh, one is that they hired a new guy, Corey Jez, who is going to be kind of an additional personality on the uh, Blazers broadcast, like alongside Lamar and Brooke and Kevin, who his role is going to be more of kind of a stats analyst. And I, I had never met uh, Corey before. We have some mutual friends in the in the business, but I actually met him uh, briefly today at Media Day, talked to him a little bit. Seems like a good guy. Seems like a really smart guy. He worked in the uh, jazz front office at one point. So, you know, he has a lot of experience on that side. Uh, And I guess what he's going to be doing is he's going to be kind of bringing some statistics, you know, more of the advanced, you know, statistical analysis and kind of bringing that element of things to the broadcast alongside kind of the on-court analysis that Lamar and Kevin do and some of the more human interest stuff that Brooke does. Like, I see a world where that could be an interesting addition. What I'm I'm kind of interested in is whether they're able to effectively communicate that stuff to the average fan because it, it can be really easy to get into the weeds on a lot of that stuff. So I'm interested to see how they're able to do that. But it's kind of a cool wrinkle that they're trying. And Dwayne also said, like, on the broadcast front that they just cut a deal with Second Spectrum, which is the company that makes the tracking cameras that, the NBA and teams use to get all this, you know, super in-depth tracking data. So that's going to enable them to do some cool stuff, I guess, with that. So we'll see how all that plays out. Uh, Now, a few other things that Dwayne hit on. uh, I asked him about the possibility of bringing the All-Star game to Portland, which is something that he has hinted at in the past and something that when Chris McGowan was in that role as a president of business operations, he has put in bids a few different times with the league for Portland to get it. And the thing that the NBA has always told Portland in the past is that they just don't have enough hotels, like high-end hotels in the city for the, you know, the amount of personnel that are going to have to come in in order for that to happen. And from the way that Dwayne made it sound in the answer that he gave me today is that the hotel thing is not as much of an issue anymore because, like, they, you know, they built the Hyatt Regency by the convention center. They've got the Four Seasons that's opening soon. They, they, they have high-end hotels that are either open now or in the process of coming open. So that part of it is not so much an issue anymore. But there are, and I would like to get in uh, into this with Dwayne a little bit maybe in the future, uh, but it sounds like there are some things that need to be done on the campus of the Moda Center and the Memorial Coliseum and like the Rose Quarter area to really make that more of a possibility. And he told, he, he, he said in his answer to my question that he would envision that Portland and the Blazers and the Rose Quarter area will be ready to have the All-Star game here kind of more towards the end of the decade, maybe like 2028, 20, 2930, 30, like that. Tight, you know that that type of timeline. So it's it's going to be a few years down the line, but that seems like something that they're actively working on. The other thing that I asked Dwayne about is 
and I talked about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast with Mike Vorkanoff of The Athletic, so go back and listen to that if uh, you're interested in kind of more a lot of this business stuff. But uh, I asked Dwayne about the WNBA expansion efforts and the idea of there possibly being a team in Portland, and he said that they've had conversations with one of the ownership groups that's interested in bringing a team here and that they would support that effort in any way possible, but there's not really an update on that. So there's that. Now, the other, I think the one other thing that I think a lot of people would be interested in hearing from the Dwayne side, before we get into some of the more basketball side of it, uh, there have still been widespread complaints that Root Sports, which is now going into its second season as the Blazers TV partner, is not available on a lot of the major streaming platforms, whether that be YouTube TV or Hulu or uh, Sling or any of like, I, I think FUBU, as far as I know, I think FUBO TV is still the only, you know, over the top streaming platform that Root Sports is actually available on. Now, what I will say about this, and I've, I've asked around, I've gotten some clarity on this. The Blazers do not own Root Sports. They, you know, Root Sports pays them a certain amount of money per year to license the right to broadcast their games over the course of the, I think it's a five-year deal, maybe. I I don't know the exact terms. I'd have to ask Dwayne that directly. But uh, the Blazers have nothing to do with which platforms Root is or isn't available on. That's between the Root higher-ups and the higher-ups at Hulu or YouTube or whichever one of these platforms you want it to be on. So... On this one, the Blazers are not who you should be getting that out of. You should be calling Root Sports and saying, hey, you know, get, get a deal done with YouTube or get a deal done with Hulu, or you should be calling Hulu or YouTube and saying, hey, you should, you guys should pick up Root Sports. That That's kind of more where that would go as opposed to uh, where the, you know, getting mad at the Blazers. Because this, the, on this one, on, on this one, like, uh, there are a lot of things that, you know, on, on, on this end of things that I think it's, you know, fair to get mad at the team for or to say that they should be handling differently this one's not their fault so that's kind of what the takeaways are from uh the Dwayne Hankins uh part of the availability started off and then that led into Joe Cronin now the Joe Cronin press conference I think really speaks to some of the stuff we've been saying all summer that he's not entering this season feeling like this Blazers team as it exists right now is a finished product or this is the team that's going to contend whenever they decide to be contending. He has been and continued to be today very, you know, honest and very self-aware about where this team is at. He doesn't think that they're one of the elite teams in the West. He thinks that they can be competitive. And I would certainly agree with the assessment that I think they're, you know, if everybody's healthy, that they're a playoff team. But, uh, he admitted today that they're a little bit too small and that in an ideal world he would like for there to be a little bit more size, but just given the amount of turnover they've had over the last six months to a year since everything went down last uh, December or you know whatever the case may be, that he was just focused on getting the most talent available and then you figure out the fit and you figure out the positional stuff later and then if you have to trade somebody down the line then you have to and then that's just what you do so that was kind of his overall message a couple of things that I thought was were interesting one was in response to a question about 
uh, Dame's contract extension. And by the way, thank God there was not any, you know, Dame's loyalty to Portland or does Dame want to stay? There was none of that. Like that, that I think everybody, at least, at least everybody, all the reporters who were in attendance at media day, at least kind of understood that like, that's a dead issue and that like, you don't need to keep asking Dame about that. But anyway, the one question that Joe got about Dame's contract extension, and this came from Bill Oram, who's the new sports columnist at the Oregonian, who's, you know, he's a great guy, great writer. I've known him for a long time. You guys should be following his stuff. He's great. But he asked, and I thought this was a really smart way of putting it, whether Dame signing this extension and being under contract for the next five years gives them a little bit more of a runway to build the team the way that they want to build it. And Joe basically confirmed that, yeah, Dame making this long-term commitment to the Blazers means that they aren't under this pressure of, oh, Dame only has two years left on his contract, so we have to make a huge trade right now or else he's going to leave. And they can kind of be a little bit more, you know, slow playing of, you know, when the right piece comes available or the right deal comes available, then they can do it without having to feel like, oh, we have to do this in the next two years or it's over. So... I thought that was kind of interesting uh, as far as like how they want to look at it. And sort of along those same lines, another thing that Joe said is that even though he knows this roster isn't perfect, he's going to give this group that they have right now that's going into training camp a chance to say, hey, you know, maybe Shaden Sharp is a lot better than people expect right away and he's a lot further along and he's ready to play. Or maybe Jeremy Grant just fits in perfectly right away and maybe, you know, Anthony Simons is an all-star. Like maybe this group just clicks and is great and they don't need to do anything. I think what, the you know, the message that I got from Joe from, you know, this availability that he had today is that they're going to give this group a shot to see how well they fit together and see whether they think they have something sustainable with what they have. And then if they don't, then in a couple months, you know, they'll look at making a trade or, you know, bringing someone in or moving someone out or doing whatever they have to do there. But they're going to, at least to start out, they're going to give this group a shot and just kind of see where it goes. And one more note on uh, Joe Cronin's press conference. I did ask because I've gotten a lot of questions from readers and from followers on Twitter about this and I'm you know curious about it myself I did ask about the departure of Ednisha Curry the assistant coach which was reported maybe a couple weeks ago but actually happened I think earlier in the summer and Joe you know he he was he, he basically declined to comment. He praised her and said, you know, thanks for her contributions, but didn't really want to go into why that is. And that's kind of what I expected. A lot of times these, uh, you know, especially when it was pretty clear from his statement to Mark Spears at the time that it happened, that it was the team's decision to go in another direction. I don't think he wanted to get too into detail about whatever it is that happened there. I'm still very curious about what happened. I will continue to try to dig in and find out what happened if there's anything to find out. But I did ask. He did no comment it. So that's just kind of where that's at for now. I just I wanted to address that and just kind of acknowledge that the question was asked and it, 
we didn't really get much clarity, but, you know, that just kind of is what it is at this point. And if I hear more or if I can find out more or if I can confirm anything, I will let you guys know. But that's where everything is at with that for right now. So Chauncey Billups was up next after Joe Cronin. And I think the most notable thing to take away from his availability is that the starting small forward spot is going to be an open competition. And basically the three people who are going to have a chance to win that spot are Nasir Little, Justice Winslow, and Josh Hart. And something that he said that was interesting was that it's not necessarily about who the best player is out of those three, but it's more so about who plays best with the starting unit. He, he confirmed what we've all kind of known forever, which is that four of the five starting spots are locked. It's going to be Dame, it's going to be Ant, it's going to be Jeremy Grant, it's going to be Nurkic. So the three spot is the one that's open, and it's just a matter of whether it be in these practices over the next couple of weeks or in their five preseason games who fits best with that unit is who's going to start. I would still predict that it's going to be Nasir Little, but you know the attitude that both Joe Cronin and Chauncey Billups have about this is if you want it, go get it. You know, Come in and earn a spot. Nobody's going to get a spot, which I think when you have an open position like that and you have a lot of you know young guys that are kind of unproven, I think that's kind of the correct way to do it. I would still, just based on the fact that he was the only one of these guys that they drafted and he's somebody that you know age-wise like I think is somebody they want to be part of the group long term I would still guess assuming he has a good camp that Nasir Little is who ends up being the starter but that's to be determined that's going to play out in training camp so that's kind of where that's at as far as other stuff with Chauncey uh he did say that the biggest thing that he learned in his first year as a head coach is that it's mu- it's really important to get guys in shape before the start of training camp, and that's been a big point of emphasis that they had because he was talking about how in their practices last training camp, he felt like they had a good practice, and then they start playing preseason games, and they're playing against teams like Golden State and Phoenix that just like have their act together way more and are just running circles around them, and then he realized, oh, well, we are not. Even just because we're having good practices when it's just among ourselves, that does not mean we're ready to play you know, actually good teams. So he's been really emphasizing uh, guys getting in shape, or staying in shape, or, you know, coming into camp in shape, as opposed to starting camp and then getting in shape as camp goes on. So that's kind of the other thing that I took away from it. Both he and Joe Cronin were talking about how pretty much the whole team has been in Por- in the Portland area. The practice facility is technically in Tualatin, but in the area all of September. And they usually, for the most part, you know, during the off season, like in August, had... 10 guys in every day so it sounds like they're kind of starting the process already of guys getting comfortable with each other even though training camp just uh started you know today or is actually about to start tomorrow technically i suppose so dame was up next after uh chauncey and honestly it's not really he didn't really say anything super earth shattering it's a lot of the same stuff about how you know this time off with the ab injury that in the surgery and just the time he had at home to recover was good for him and it 
helped kind of recharge him. It was a lot of that stuff. He spoke very positively about Shaden Sharp, which I I think is going to get a lot of people excited, and I'll get to more a little bit more on Shaden Sharp in a second. But uh, the thing that really just, like, if you want something to take away from Dame's press conference is a little bit kind of out of left field and a little bit just made me go like, oh, whoa, okay, didn't even think about that, was just unprompted. He brought up Keon Johnson, who I will fully admit, even as somebody who covers this team every day and as somebody... As, as, as literally, I'm not making this up, I'm the only member of the media that went to all 41 home games last year. I I watched probably more Keon Johnson Blazers minutes than anybody. And, I, you know, I was in Vegas at Summer League, but even with all that being the case, he's just not somebody that we've really talked about or thought about this summer as far as guys who might have a significant role on this team or in the rotation. He's just kind of been an afterthought. But Dame brought him up and said that he's been the most impressive of their young guys as far as who he's seen that's improved from last season to this season. So, I don't know. Take that for what it's worth. I don't know where the minutes are going to come from for Keon Johnson, but, you know, he was a first-round pick a year ago with the Clippers. So, you know, maybe there's something there that Dame is seeing that, you know, Dame doesn't really just hand out praise to anybody. You know, Dame isn't going to just talk somebody up just because he's on the team. He has to actually see it. So I don't think it means nothing that Dame said that. I So I thought that was interesting. So I guess keep an eye on Keon Johnson now if, if, if Dame is to be believed. So I thought that was interesting. But uh, beyond that, Dame and Ant, who came up next after Dame, the two of them both talked about how their relationship has evolved and how they think they're going to play off each other. So I think there's a lot of optimism on both sides that this is going to be a little bit of a different kind of partnership and a little bit less redundant than the Dame-CJ thing was for however many years that was. So that's I guess that's kind of the takeaway from that. Ant did say that he wants to be an all-star, which I think is you know kind of a cool thing to just say on record, especially having just signed a $100 million contract. I think that's a perfectly reasonable goal for him to have for himself. I don't know how realistic it is because the West is super, super, super deep with guards, whether you're talking about, you know, I think Dame's back in the mix now, but, you know, you have Chris Paul, you have Devin Booker in Phoenix, you have Steph and Clay in... Golden State, you have John Morant, you got Luka Doncic. I, I just, I don't know where a spot is going to be for Dan, for Anthony Simons to be an all-star, but, you know, it's a good goal to have for yourself when you just sign the contract that he signed. So I think that's entirely positive that that's the way he feels. That's kind of my uh, takeaway from him. I'm going to go through some of these other ones a little bit more quickly now. Uh, Jeremy Grant, two things that I thought were interesting from his uh, press conference. One, when he was asked about how he thinks the last couple of years where he was the number one scoring option in Detroit is going to help him kind of move back into this supporting role where it's clearly Dame still, you know, the guy and it's his team. And this is kind of similar to something that I asked Jeremy back at his introductory press conference in July about whether he was ready to go back to a role kind of more similar to what he had in Oklahoma City or in Denver earlier on in his career before he went to Detroit and became like clearly the number one option. And he said that he thinks that having gone through being 
the number one guy on a losing team like Detroit. He thinks that's going to help him a lot, and he's going to be able to take some of the stuff about having to be a vocal leader and taking that to kind of being there. So I thought, you know, in this more of this type of situation. So the other thing from Jeremy Grant is that he seemed really, really, really excited to play with Nurkic. And he, he was talking about how there aren't that many big men in the league who are as good of passers as Nurk. And he thinks that with his cutting ability, that that's going to be a really good match. So I think that's, you know, kind of the takeaway there. Uh, the Blazers' other big offseason acquisition, Gary Payton II, uh, he he just kind of talked. I mean, he, remember, remember, he just had that uh, ab surgery, which is, again, the same surgery that Dame and Nasir both had in the last year. Uh, Gary Payton had that in July. They just announced it a couple weeks ago. Uh, it sounds like he's going to be good to go for the regular season he's probably going to miss most of camp and most of the preseason but everybody's kind of expecting him to be ready to go for the regular season so that i think is a positive and uh you know if you know assuming he's healthy he's going to be a great fit defensively and that was just kind of his message was just i'm ready to do whatever i need to do in order to uh fit in so that's there's gary payton now shaden sharp didn't really say too much. He has not been a very talkative guy since, really since the Blazers brought him in for a, a pre-draft workout uh, in er, mid-June. Uh, you know, he's he, he's been, it, it kind of reminds me of Anthony Simons a little bit, because I remember, you know, when the Blazers first drafted him, he was very, very shy and very, you know, very, you know, short with his answers to these questions and then I think as the years went on he you know got more confident got more comfortable was more able to open up and to kind of show more of his personality so I think that might be what goes on with Shaden Sharp as far as like his media presence or as far as what we're able to get out of him uh the one thing that he did say that I thought was uh Again, you know, just like with Ant saying he wants to be an all-star, uh, I think these are good goals for Shaden Sharp to have for himself. He said he wants to win Rookie of the Year, and he wants to be invited to participate in the Rising Stars game. So he's got high goals for himself. I don't really have anything to say about whether I think he can or can't achieve those goals because I, like everybody else, have never really watched the guy play before. You know, he didn't play at Summer League. He didn't play in college last year at Kentucky. So... I don't really have anything to go off of. I would still trend towards thinking that he's not going to play a ton right away. And I would think that that gets supported by, you know, a couple of the guys that we asked about him. One was Dame, one was Nasir Little. And both of them had a lot of praise for his talent and for his ability to pick things up. But they both kind of hinted that, you know, He's going to be a, a great player at some point once all the development stuff, you know, gets figured out and once, you know, mentally it all clicks. But they kind of hinted at the idea that maybe that's going to happen closer to the end of the season or towards the beginning of next season that he's really going to make that leap as opposed to he's going to come out the box right away and just completely, you know, blow away people's expectations. I think that's more the expectation around him right now is that it's going to be a little bit more of a project, but that eventually he's going to get there. But 
Again, I wouldn't expect him to play a ton right away, but hey, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Again, I have not seen the guy play at all. We will probably see him in the next week with these preseason games coming up. He'll probably get a lot of minutes, but that's kind of uh, the, you know, what I would say the mindset is right now as far as Jaden Sharp. Joe Cronin did say that he has fully empowered Chauncey Billups to... If he feels that Jaden deserves minutes, he can give him minutes. Like, there's not going to be any, oh, this guy's a rookie. He hasn't earned his minutes yet. If, if, if Jaden Sharp plays well enough to, you know, show that he should be on the floor, he's going to get on the floor. That's kind of the message that Joe and Chauncey have both been sending out about, you know, any of these positional battles, but also some of these younger guys. Like, there's, you know, they're what they're saying is, hey— You'll get minutes if you earn your minutes. So just, you know, show him up at camp and beat everybody else out for these minutes. So that's kind of where the the Shaden Sharp, you know, state of the union is right now. I'm very interested to see. I think probably I'm the most interested in what Shaden Sharp looks like out of anything that we could be looking at in training camp or these preseason games or even the early part of the season, he's the thing that I'm the most curious about because we just have not seen him before. So that that's Shaden Sharp. Jabari Walker, the other rookie, also talked. And, you know, it was a lot of the same stuff as we saw and heard from him at Summer League. I think he's going to be... Maybe he's not going to play a ton of minutes right away just because there might not be minutes for him, but I predict that before the end of the season he's gonna crack the rotation in a meaningful way because I feel like he just knows how to you know know what his role is and you know knows how to kind of do the dirty work and do the you know grabbing loose balls and rebounding it's a lot of the same stuff that we saw from him at summer league and I remember being really impressed by him when you know we talked to him a bunch in Vegas I was down there uh and he was talking about how it's important to know that, you know, if you're a role player, that's not necessarily a bad thing and that you can make a lot of money and have a good career being a role player. So, like, being a 19-year-old kid that has that kind of self-awareness, I think, is very, very impressive. So, uh, he he didn't really say much. I he, he, did, he did say that he thinks his 2K rating is a little bit low. I'm not a 2K guy, but I guess that was my buddy Danny Morang, who has, you know, a, a frequent guest on this podcast, uh, asked him about his 2K rating because I guess he talked about it on his podcast uh, when they had Jabari on. So that's... Uh, that was kind of funny. Uh, so Justice Winslow was up next. And I, I think Justice Winslow is somebody that I'm very interested in seeing how this season goes for him. Because he did play well at times last year when he came over from the Clippers. And he's a guy who you know, was a lottery pick at one point in Miami and has played well at various points in his career, whether for Miami or for Memphis. The issue with him was always that he was never able to stay healthy. And, you know, then he goes to the Clippers where, you know, they have all these other guys and there's just not a lot of minutes for him. But there were stretches last season after he came over in the Clippers trade. I still remember the first, I th- believe, I think it was the first game that he played in for the Blazers. It was either the first or the second game, but... The game against the Lakers, like, he started because by that point they were just starting, you know, the guys that they had available and they weren't really worried about trying to win games. But And that was the game that they actually won against the Lakers that, you know, where the Lakers had, like, LeBron and they had all their guys and the Blazers won that game. This was, like, right after the trades where they tore everything down. 
But uh, I still remember first possession of the game, Justice Winslow guarding LeBron. Like he's the guy that wants those defensive assignments. He wants to guard the other team's best player. And, you know, he had kind of the same answer that Josh Hart did where he said, you know, I do want to start, but that, you know, I'll go with whatever role I am, uh, you know, told to play, whether that be starting or coming off the bench. One answer that I really liked was uh, he was asked at one point why he thinks Chauncey Billups likes him so much. And he said that he thinks that Chauncey realizes that he could have played on some of those Detroit teams with like Rip Hamilton and Ben Wallace and Rashid and Tayshawn Prince. So uh, he is such a Chauncey Billups type of guy. You, you, we know, you know, we, we've known a, you know, since, the, you know, a, really since Chauncey got here, but more so since the deadline and since this summer that Chauncey has a type. You know, he likes tough defensive guys who can guard multiple positions and just play hard all the time. And I think Justice Winslow fits that kind of archetype. Whether he starts or comes off the bench, I think he's going to have a real role in the rotation. So uh, Josh Hart is another guy that talked kind of... I I might be getting the order a little bit fuzzy. I'm just kind of going through my notes. So if the order of what when these guys all talked is off just you know it's been a long day and I'm just kind of going through my notes so just kind of forgive me here with that but uh the Josh Hart one of the funniest and like most engaging guys on the team as far as you know selfishly for me you know doing this job I do like guys who are quotable and are fun personalities and I think Josh Hart is in that category first of all he comes up to uh the podium with a plate of uh, honeydew and cantaloupe from the little spread that they gave us at the, at the media. And he was like, hey, sorry, guys, I, I stole some of your guys' fruit. I just hadn't eaten breakfast yet. And it just reminded me of Andre Miller always used to eat the media meal uh, at, at games. Like, he, you know, it, it, he would, instead of eating whatever, you know, he was eat, guys are eating on the road, he would come into the media room and just eat at the cafeteria like the rest of us, which is a total veteran move, just saving the per diem. That's just, like, one of the reasons that Andre Miller is a legend. But, yeah, you know, Josh Hart, he's, you know, ready to contribute. He wants, just like with uh, Justice Winslow and with Nasir Little, he wants to start. I think he, you know, I think everybody wants to start, but he understands that that's not guaranteed that he's going to start and that there's a chance he comes off the bench and he's ready to accept that role. Uh, he, you know, went into this whole thing. I, somebody asked him about some tweet that he had that I actually just missed in real time, but a tweet about him, you know, losing his AirPods, and he gave kind of an update on that where he's ordered multiple pairs of AirPods, which, you know, I thought that was kind of funny. The other kind of funny quote from him was that when he was asked about the training camp being in Santa Barbara, that, uh, he was talking about how he's excited to play a round of golf without, you know, his wife interrupting him. So that was kind of funny. Josh Hart's a funny guy. Like I'm, I'm looking for, we didn't really get to talk to him that much last year because he came over at the deadline. So there was only a little bit of the season, uh, left at that point. Anyway, we also didn't really have full in-person access to these guys because of COVID at that point, by the way, that's going to go away. Like we're going to be fully back in locker rooms. So you're going to have people like folks like me and you know the other reporters we're gonna have real access to guys and we're gonna get real like one-on-one interviews with guys this season so I'm really looking forward to that selfishly but I'm looking forward very much to getting a lot more 
time getting to know Josh Hart for as long as he's here. And then also after he had the Barack Obama game last year, the the 44 point game against the wizards that they shut him down after that because he was uh, playing too well for the tank. But yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to know Josh Hart a little bit more now that we're going to have those act that access. And he seems like a really fun guy to be around. So, you know, just, just a good, a good vibes guy like that. you, You need good vibes guys on every team. And I think Josh Hart's a good vibes guy. And I think the last notable guy that really talked was Nurk. I mean, you're, you're, you'll have to forgive me. Uh, Keon Johnson and Drew Eubanks and Trenton Watford also talked, and I don't really have any special insights on them. They were they were fine. You can go watch their their availabilities on YouTube if you want to. They're you know they're all they're all those guys. I know you know I got to know those guys a little bit towards uh, the end of last season. Those guys are all good guys, but like I don't really have anything for you as far as like deep thoughts about anything that they said. So the last guy that I really want to get into here is Nurkic, who is coming off playing for Bosnia in the Eurobasket tournament. And that's something that I asked him about. He said that he now feels like instead of coming into training camp, you know, from off-season mode, he feels like, oh, we're in training camp now, but I've been in this mode in, you know, over the last two months, so he, you know, he's already in shape, he's ready to, you know, now he got his contract, so he feels good about his long-term security, uh, he's excited that Dame is fully healthy once again, because, you know, those two are very close, uh, one of the funniest moments of the, uh, whole media day was he comes up, and as he's sitting down, he go, looks at all of us and is like, hey, does anybody know if Dame is staying or not? <laughs> like, just kind of, you know, playing into this stuff. Because that, that was obviously the conversation a year ago this time when, you know, a lot of that conversation was going on. But now that that's totally in the rear view, he can kind of joke about it. And it's actually a joke that people laugh at as opposed to, you know, something that's a real thing. But you know, Nur- Nurkic looked, you know, he seemed like he was in pretty good spirits. He definitely felt like the Eurobasket thing was a good experience for him. And, you know, this is actually, if you think about it, this Eurobasket tournament that he played in is probably the highest stakes games that he's ever played in in his career. Because the Blazers, the year that they made the Western Conference Finals in 2019, that was the year that he had the leg injury. So he was not actually playing in those games. So this Eurobasket stuff, this is the most high-level basketball I think that he's ever played in his life, and he played very well at the tournament, and I think so far, I mean, again, this is all media day, this is all, and I, you know, I've, I've been doing this for 10 years now, so, you know, I've seen this before, I've seen so many, you know, teams, you know, whether it be here or in Chicago, I covered some pretty mediocre and unwatchable Bulls teams where everybody came into training camp in the best spirits and talking about how great everybody feels and how great everybody looks. So you're going to have to take all this with a grain of salt and don't just overreact one way or the other to anything that happens at media day. But, you know, I I would say that, you know, Nurkic, you know, is kind of the last guy I'm going to talk about, but just across the board and, you know, you can guess where you want to guess about what is different this year at media day versus last year at media day but the vibe is just completely different just because if you look at what it was last year you're coming off them losing to denver in the first round 
And then the coaching change happens and the coaching hire goes the way that it goes and the press conference around the coaching hire goes the way that it goes. And then, you know, there's all the stuff about Dame, you know, does he want to leave? Does he want to stay? He's playing in the Olympics. Are guys recruiting him in the Olympics? Is he going to ask for a trade? And then you get to media day and the general manager talks, who basically didn't make any real, you know, moves that offseason then you know gets up and says hey this is the deepest team that we've ever had around dame and then you know there's still the cloud of you know the way that the coaching search and the coaching hire went that's hanging over everybody and everybody except for him kind of or except except for uh, neil Olshay can kind of tell that this whole thing has run its course and Everything is just different now. Like, everybody is in such a more positive headspace. And, you know, I realize that, like, it seems like I'm just completely harping on this over and over again. And I've actually had people ask me if I'm doing a bit by not saying Neil Olshay's name on the podcast. I am not. I just don't really usually have occasion to say his name. But, you know, I guess if we're talking about it, it's... I think more, I think it's, I, th- I think the changes that have taken place in the last year are going to be positive for everybody going forward. And I definitely felt like the whole mood at Media Day today was different than the mood has been in previous years for that reason and for others. And it's also just, you know, as somebody who covers this team and has covered these types of teams for a long time, and Dame kind of hinted at this too. It's nice to just have different guys. It's nice to not just come in and be like, all right, here's another year of, you know, Dame and CJ and, you know, the same guys around them. We kind of all know what this is and we're going to have to pretend that it's going to be different results than it usually is. I have no idea how good this Blazers team is going to be. I think if I had to guess, they're probably somewhere, depending on health and depending on the health of some of these other teams. I think they're somewhere between four and eight in the West. Like, I think they have a lot of talent, but I also think that the West is really, really deep. And just because you have a lot of talent doesn't mean you're going to be one of the top eight teams. So I wouldn't put them in the contender category with like the Warriors, or the Clippers or the Suns or the Nuggets by any means. I think those are clearly the top four teams in the West if everybody's healthy. But I think depending on health and depending on some breaks, they're right there in the mix with, like, New Orleans, uh, Minnesota, uh, Memphis, Dallas, like, that kind of group of teams. I think they I think they can be in that mix, especially since Damian Lillard is clearly as healthy as he's been in three years. I think they... I think they can easily be a playoff team. But more importantly than that, it's just they're doing something different. Like... I don't know how the Jeremy Grant thing is going to work. I don't know how, you know, I don't know how well all this stuff is going to work, but at least it's 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 a different thing than what we've seen every year for the last five years uh, previously. So I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested to see how this week goes in Santa Barbara. I'm going to probably just like cut this off now because it's been a long day. I did media day. Then I basically went straight to the airport and then I had two I had a connecting flight in San Francisco. And now I'm at the place that I'm staying. I'm recording this. I wanted to get this out again. Just a reminder. If you are a free subscriber to Rose Garden Report, you are not going to get any of my coverage from Santa Barbara. I am going to paywall all of that because 
in order to be able to go on trips like this and be able to cover this stuff when it's not in Portland where I can just drive to it. I have to, you know, get paid subscriptions in order to have the money to do this. And so because of that, I'm going to make all of my content from Santa Barbara behind the paywall. So I think it's going to be worth your money to subscribe. It's not really that much money. It's uh, $6 a month, or you can pay up front for the whole year for $50, which now that the season is getting into gear, you're going to be getting a lot of exclusive stuff. You're going to be getting a lot of uh, interviews. You're going to be getting a lot of features. You're going to be getting a lot of stuff that you, I, I think is going to be kind of unique in the market. As far as this week in Santa Barbara, there are only two reporters who are actually down here who aren't, you know, uh, there are, you know, the team has kind of their own people. My guy, Casey Holdall, who does a great job writing for the team's website. He's going to be down here. But as far as like people who don't work for the team, the only two reporters who are down here are me and uh, Aaron Fentress, who covers the team for the Oregonians. So you're not really going to have that many options as far as people to read covering the team. And so I think it's going to be worth your money and worth your time to subscribe and you can do that now this is a new thing i probably should have mentioned this at the top but just go to rosegardenreport.com you don't have to do i don't have to spell out beehive with the weird you know b-e-e-h-i-i-v anymore i'm still on their platform and they're great and all that but i have my own domain now it's just rosegardenreport.com not only is it easy for you to remember it's easier for you to tell other people about it so Everything is the same. It's just I've got a domain now, so that I think makes it feel a little bit more legit, and it's also just easier to kind of spread the word about it because of that. So go do that. I will be back. I, I would like to get another podcast out this week. I, I've said this before, and I intend to hold to this. Once this kind of kicks into gear, the podcast is going to be twice a week. It's been once a week during the off season because there just hasn't been that much stuff to talk about, but... I'm going to try to do it twice a week or as close to twice a week as possible during the season and during training camp. So I would like to have another podcast out later this week from training camp, depending on who I can wrangle as a guest, or maybe I'll do another solo pod. Hopefully I can get a guest because I think these solo pods have turned out okay, but I always prefer doing it with a guest to have someone to talk to. But I just wanted to give you guys something on media day after media day before any of this stuff happens at training camp just to set all this stuff up and recap some stuff so thanks for sticking with me uh and thanks for all the new subscribers i've gotten a lot of new subscribers the last couple of days so if you're new welcome aboard if you've been with me since the beginning thanks for that and as far as the podcast you can always get that for free anywhere on apple spotify wherever you get podcasts make sure you subscribe rate review do all that and i'll be back with you hopefully later this week with another podcast otherwise after i get back from santa barbara